Greetings, Milksters. It's old D here, one half of the Milking It podcast duo. Uh, obviously, normally alongside my cohort, Boulamont. But uh, this is this week's episode. Uh, it's been a while, but we're back in style, much like the chipmunks, as I've said before. Uh, so we sat down and chit-chatted a little bit. I, <laughs> I'd recently been ill uh, for a couple of days, so I don't sound my best. Uh, it's a shorter episode than normal, uh, but things will return back to normal uh, next week. It's plenty of geek news and still some good chit-chat and laughter along the way. So sit back, relax, pull up a chair, and suck on a fat Cuban. It's the Milking It Podcast. Welcome to the Milking It Podcast, the podcast that tugs the seat of popular culture until it explodes all over your face. I'm David Davis. And as always, I am Boulamont, and we are here for episode 11. David, can you imagine it? <laughs> episode 11. 11 episodes. Two ones next to each other. That's one more than 10. By the way, episode 10 was a huge success, and we want to thank all of you milksters for downloading. It was our most successful episode to date, and for that, we thank you. But that's not, that's not why we're here. The reason we're here is because it's episode 11 of the Milking It podcast. I've got the feeling... So, as we said, it's episode 11. Um, it's taken us a time. Apologies for the delay for us uh, getting where we are today. Uh, lots of bits and pieces getting in the way. Uh, most recently, uh, my ridiculous stomach. And uh, so if I get through this whole episode without chucking up live on air, then uh, I think we're doing OK. But let's start as we mean to go on and let's have a bit of geek news. Boo, we have two weeks worth. Can you imagine 14 days of quality geek news? So uh, hey, it's been a fascinating two weeks in the world of geek mm. news um mainly casting news for movies that aren't coming out till 2015 but that doesn't matter because the casting news is exciting so um let me hit you with the with the most recent one okay. um in terms of the milking it timeline this would have uh, this news broke yesterday with the news that uh batfleck uh, versus superman <laughs> um the movie don't make me defend him again sir <laughs> it's a time for another podcast sir but it will be batfleck versus superman and they've already announced that uh, we don't know whether it's a main role. We don't know whether it's a cameo. Mm -hmm. But Wonder Woman is in Superman versus Batman. And she will be played by a lady named Gal Garot, who um, was in the Fast and the Furious movies, um, which quickly, very briefly, brings yes, us on to yeah. the point that, of course, the sad news uh, that Paul Walker passed away uh, in the week just gone. He died in a car crash um, you can joke all you want about irony, um, <laughs> but it is a sad fact. He was only 40-odd, so very sad. Rest in peace, Paul Walker. Um, I wasn't a massive fan of the Fast and Furious films, but obviously it's sad when anyone goes out like that, especially when they're in the public eye. Mm, absolutely. Um, I think yes. The fact that Sorry. he was, he was a passenger in the car as well, you know, it, it wasn't him driving. It, it, that's the issue. Whoa. That's your bloody fuck. David Davis! Oh, my God! How? God! You have broken the rules of the podcast! <laughs> You've broken the rules. How embarrassing. Podcast over. The... I don't know. No, podcast over. I am not performing like this. I'm sorry. That's that's the first time that's ever happened. As in, no one ever fucking rings me. So. No, no, uh, it's okay. Oh, Dave, we were. That was that was 
going well. No, that's fine. We shall continue. I think the, 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 the big thing for me was the fact that, um, yeah, like you say, there's jokes and everything going around, but, uh, and there, there is an irony to it, but he was a passenger in the car. He was not driving at the time. It, Dave, it's a real shame, but, um, and I'm not playing this for laughs. Um, I was in the DVD store. I was in a DVD store where we both happened to previously have worked. Oh, right, yes, H.M. Um, <laughs> uh, through, the, through the DVDs, and I did notice that Paul Walker's last movie, Vehicle 19, had the tagline, wrong place, wrong time, wrong car. Wow. Uh, ominous? Slightly. Just slightly. Um, but yes, it's a, it's a shame. Rest in peace, Paul Walker. And uh, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with Fast and the Furious 7 now. Not that I was holding bated breath for it. You know, I, I haven't seen 5 or 6, so I better not watch it or it might ruin the story. I think, uh, uh, from what I was reading earlier today, in fact, was that they've they've paused production on it to, to obviously rewrite and, and bits and pieces. But uh, yeah, lots of... Um, Lots of people do enjoy him. It's a, it's a massive franchise, millions and millions of dollars. Um, and obviously uh, it was boosted by uh, ex-wrestler slash sports entertainer, The the Rock, being involved in, in those Good old films. Dwayne. Good old Dwayne. Um, I still still love that guy. He can, st- he can do no wrong in my eyes. I, I, you know, everyone loves The Rock. Can you smell what he's cooking? <laughs> Sometimes, um, yeah. Actually, uh, while we're on casting rumors, I was looking at the information today that Emma Stone has uh, apparently turned down an opportunity to be in Ghostbusters Three. So Ghostbusters Three, very much. Sorry, who is Emma Stone, and who does she think she is to refuse Ghostbusters Three? Who is Emma Stone? Sorry, I, I knew you'd ask me this, and I knew the moment you asked me this, I would be cutting and pasting her name into IMDb to try and. Uh, make myself seem like I know exactly what I'm talking about. From what I remember, she began acting as a child as the member of the Valley Youth Theatre in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, but <laughs> did you, she's... What do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> she's, um, she's most known, of course... <laughs> For being in The Help, which was a, a, an interesting film, but uh, not one of the best ever. She was in The Amazing Spider-Man, which, oh, I, fuck me, that brings yes, me to another sorry. point. Oh, no, you're going to beat me to it, Dave. The new trailer did, went up. Did you, the trailer was cool, but did you see the the apparently um, leaked pictures of the Green Goblin? What? No, I did not. Okay. I, shall, I will have to look at this. I'm, Very I'm not... interesting design. I'm not a massive uh, Spider-Man fan. I, I haven't seen... Why is that, Dave? Why don't you tell everyone what you think about Marvel? <laughs> Marvel can lick my dick, sir. Um, <laughs> like a chupa chup. Absolutely. Stanley can... Um, so the, I, haven't, I haven't seen the, the Amazing Spider-Man reboot. Um, I saw the, the other ones. They were okay. They weren't brilliant. They sold a lot of Blu-rays because they made things look all shiny and nice and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's what it was all about. Um, but no, I haven't. Have you seen the the Amazing Spider-Man or the first one or the or the new trailer? No, no, the the, the first one of the the, the reboot. I, I, I have seen the first movie, right? And I'll be honest with you, I didn't really. To me, there's not been a perfect Spider-Man movie yet because neither film is filling my my ideal of Spider-Man. Um, he was too much of a wimp in the in the Sam Raimi ones, and in this one he's too much of an emo. Like I just want my slightly funny, um, troubled Spider-Man. Like that's how I see Spider-Man, and like neither actors have fulfilled my my ideal view of Spider-Man yet. So I've not been big 
on the movies. To me, the best thing about Spider-Man that's ever been put on any screen is the 90s animated series. Okay, yeah, remember that? yeah, agreed. I'd, I'd, yeah, definitely. I'd go with it's that. Like very, very closely to the comics. But um, I will give um, Amazing Spider-Man the sequel, the, the, the next one, a chance because... Um, they've gone down the Batman route where they want to make things as realistic as possible. So this leaked Green Goblin photo, he does just look like um, like a guy that's been in an accident or, in a, or has been mutated somehow, as opposed to a guy in a suit. And um, there are rumours, well, I say rumours, there's also leaked photos of what is apparently the rhino suit, but it's more like a Transformer. Ooh. So it's not a guy in a suit. Or if that's it is, it's a guy in a robotic suit, as opposed to like just the, the, the suit from the comic book. It sounds like it could be a very interesting film. To be fair, I, the, the stuff that I've seen of uh, Jamie Fox in, in the film looks pretty amazing, of as well as Electro. Well, they're really, they are really shoving as many villains into this movie as they can. I think that's yeah, that, that for me is, is part of the danger as well. Though, is that if you put too many villains in, then does it become diluted? And you know, for me, you know, the 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 final, sorry, the middle. Uh, a Batman film, Nolan's Batman film, um, oh. suffered. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Bless you. And uh, yeah, it suffered because of having to try and lever in Joker and Two Face, two of the main villains that but, you know that either could hold a whole film. That Two Face, that that sequence for me is still the best thing in the entire Nolan series. But that's because you are a ridiculous creature and you have no time for Heath Ledger's Joker. No, God, why do we have to talk about Heath Ledger's <laughs> fucking time? Listen, I just thought that portrayal of Two-Face, the way it was done, I thought that was easily the best thing for me in the series. I didn't like the League of Shadows thing they did in Batman Begins. Of course, I wasn't a massive fan of the Joker, mm. the second one. And, and Bane, again, it was all right. I still think the third one was, for me, the best one. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the villains are so important to the movie. Yeah. That you can't you can't sell a film on Spider-Man alone. You can sell a film on Spider-Man versus. The yeah, Google. absolutely. But what I'm saying is, if you if you're lining up six or seven villains, you're back into sort of 1966 Batman movie territory of just trying to trot out as many villains as you can. And not one mention of Egghead. Oh, good old Vincent Price making yet another appearance on the Milking oh. It podcast. Um. So yes. Anyway, sorry. Sorry, I was talking about Ghostbusters three about seven yes. weeks ago um so emma, emma stone as we all remember her from help and the amazing spider-man etc uh she's turned down apparently the opportunity to be in ghostbusters 3 <laughs> what a fool <laughs> uh, but apparently jonah hill is still a possibility so um it looks it, yeah it, it looks like it might be going towards that sort of route um they're still saying that bill murray is going nowhere near it though so oh yeah. From what I, I remember, probably about six, seven months ago, them talking about Bill Murray maybe doing a voice of a ghost in it because Venkman would be dead. Or I heard the same rumor that Venkman would be haunting the firehouse, mm. uh, and that's that would be his role. But um, Joe, sorry, just to go quickly back to Jonah Hill. I don't know if I mentioned it on the Milk and It podcast before. I've never been a Jonah Hill fan, and then I recently saw This Is the End, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Do you know why that that's that has become quite a Marmite film in terms of like, I can 
it's a clear split amongst my friends as to whether it's a great film or an awful film. Mm. Um, I haven't got around to watching it. I must must sit down and watch it because it is properly. I've had the number of people who've told me so enthusiastically, oh, this is brilliant. You've got to watch it. It's really funny. It's really great. Equals the amount of people who have told me, oh, just don't bother. It's them. It's like a proper circle jerk film, you know, this, that and the other. And But no. They're I, both like Dave. It is a circle jerk film. It is a group of friends having a loving and it is like a love letter to groups of to your group of friends because it's obvious that they're a real group of friends. Right. Uh, the movie they played themselves, and it's it's something that um, I can imagine that if we were rich and famous and our little group of mates, we we would be able to do stuff like that. I mean, it's the same with Kevin Smith. Him, him and his mates. You know, he has his friends involved in everything he does. Yes. Yeah. And I would do the same if I was a movie director or anything like that. I would have you. All that you know, you would be on there constantly. I would have the same people on there constantly, and I think that this is a movie. Um, they're just taking that opportunity because they can, and I think they did a brilliant job with it because it's very funny. It's got great references, um, and Rihanna dies in it, so um, it's finishing the job that Chris Brown started. Ooh, <laughs> too soon? <laughs> Not yet, um, but, uh, <laughs> but yes. Um, check out. So yeah, Jonah Hill maybe in Ghostbusters three. If I hadn't seen this at the end, I would be spitting blood over that. But um. I've seen him in a supernatural style comedy and yeah. it's all right. So I'm actually not too, I'm not a hundred percent on board with it, but I'm, but I'm not adverse to it. No, and all of this Dave came from the news that, that Gal Garrow has been cast as Wonder Woman. Yes. Sorry. I, I completely. That, not only does her name sound like it's been given to her by the producers of NXT. I, I, who, who, who on earth is this woman? <laughs> no, totally. Um, that's yeah. I've, I've not, I must admit, I've not heard of her before. I know she was in the Fast and Furious. We said that earlier, uh, but and when I saw a picture of her in the Fast and Furious, I couldn't remember for the life of me who she was. And I'd, I'd, that's the only one of those movies I've seen was the first one, which she was apparently in. Oh, okay. So we, we don't know quite who she is and everything else. But I, uh, as far as I remember, she is uh, an Israeli actress and model. Um, in fact, I believe she won the Miss Israel title in 2004 uh, and then went on to represent Israel at the 2004 Miss Universe beauty pageant. What a brain box you are, David. Yeah, well, you know, these things just come to me and, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's one of those things. But yeah, absolutely brilliant. Diana Prince and fair dues. She is absolutely beautiful. There's so backlash, though, Dave, because she... Of course there has. There will be backlash at every single moment of this film. There will be backlash. Wherever there is fandom, there is backlash. But let me just go through the backlash quickly. People's issues, not my issue, because I'm not a Wonder Woman fan. Right. Um, How can I... you not... Oh, go on. <laughs> I, was a Wonder... I was a Wonder Girl fan because um, I was a big New Teen Titans fan, and she was... Yes, and that costume fits you better, but yes, go on. <laughs> that makes me a hipster version. Uh, <laughs> But, um, yeah, no, I'm not a big Wonder Woman fan. Um, but apparently this is just the first uh, member of the Justice League that's going to appear in this movie. Mm. So, so while we're while we're still uh, on casting news, um, so we've done our DC big movie for 2015. The big uh, D, uh, Marvel movie for 2015, of course, will be uh, Age of Ultron, Avengers 2. Mm. And they've just announced um, that Elizabeth Olsen, uh, younger sister, of the Olsen twins. I was uh, say, the Olsen twins. Wow. That's a yes. blast from the past. Uh, yeah, she's the, she's um, their youngest sister. And she's appearing in Spike Lee's old boy and Godzilla uh, in the near future. 
and she will be playing the Scarlet Witch, uh, Wanda Maximoff, who's the daughter of Magneto. Of course, yes, as, as um, we all know, as is tradition. And uh, the other casting is from Avengers this week. It's it's pretty it's it's been um, rumored for weeks now, but they finally kind of confirmed that Aaron Taylor uh, from Kickass, who played Kickass in the movie Kickass, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's totally Kickass. Yes, um, will uh, will be playing Quicksilver. Uh, my old friend Pietro Maximoff, who um, is also the son of uh, Magneto and uh, brother of uh, Wanda. Um, <clears throat> excellent bit of casting because um, both both are appearing together in the in the upcoming Godzilla movie. Yeah. Um, they you know they they're both good actors and actresses. Um, and um, the, it's going to be interesting. The more characters that they can get into Avengers, the big issue though is these guys are the mutant children of Magneto. Well, Magneto is owned by Fox because they own the rights to the Marvel uh, to the X Men. Oh, really? Is, uh, which is why they're made by Fox, um, the the X Men movies and the X Men First Class sequel. So lots of interesting crossover stuff. So that does kind of open the door potentially for hopefully an Ian McKellen or um, bugger, it's gone out my head, uh, or the young man that plays uh, Magneto in the X Men First Class movie uh, to make a cameo appearance in the Avengers movie. I would I would pluck a name out of my head. But I know I'm going to get it wrong, and I know that Jay is going to correct us at some point, and that will be terribly embarrassing to be yet another correction live on the Milking It podcast. I, I was actually fortunate enough to to, to see young Jay face to face earlier today. Ah, okay. And, and apparently, uh, David, when we were talking about Michael Clark Duncan or Michael Duncan, Duncan Clark, we yeah, we got it the wrong way round. Oh, I don't think you'll mind. He's um, yeah. He's Brown bread, yeah. He's brown bread. But anyway, so yes, Children Magneto are confirmed for the Age of Ultron movie. Um, Excellent. And just a little geeky, little milking it tidbit trivia news for you here. While I was investigating these uh, new castings, um, Mm. I found out that the first use of the word adamantium in Marvel Comics was made in reference to Ultron, and that was in 1969. That was long before uh, Wolverine even came came about. Um, because I, I didn't know a lot about the character of Ultron. And, um, I, you know, I was interested to see what the... Because he's the big baddie mm. in the new one. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that. James Spader is playing Ultron. And so you've got all these interesting new characters being featured in these superhero movies. Oh, sorry, just quickly, last bit of superhero um, movie news is that um, they've signed off on the X-Force script... Mm. It's going to be basically an X-Men movie, but in a lot darker tone and a lot more aimed for adults. Because there are characters in X-Force, such as Deadpool, Cable. I mean, kind of darker characters or, you know, more aggressive characters than your friendly neighbourhood Spider-Man. Even though I'm I'm not a big Marvel fan, I don't know that I've mentioned this. But um, for me, I would love to see a Deadpool movie. It's been talked about very well. Apparently... um, the very famous um, comic guy Rob Lee- Leefield, um, yeah. he he was praising this X Force script and said it, within the script is the potential to have a spin off Deadpool film within like six months of the release of the X Force film. I oh, see. I'd I'd watch that. They could they could take my money, sir, as we uh, say Throwing pretty much every week. Throwing it at the television. <laughs> baby, baby. It's JV Baby talking about celebrity babies on the Sticky Floor Fun Emporium. Take it away, baby. (laughs) 
it's only now that I've switched the focus of the Sticky Floor Fun Emporium away from arcade games of yesteryear to today's current iOS and Xbox Live titles that you realise how much shit is truly out there. Yes, today we're going to be reviewing Celebrity Baby Salon, a game from Mouth Breathers for Mouth Breathers. I could quite easily turn this episode into a 10-minute rant about celebrity-obsessed culture, a phenomenon that has been at its ridiculous peak now for 15 years. Whenever I think of the success of, say, the Kardashians, for instance, that's eight series and counting, folks, a bloody forehead-shaped dent at roughly, all six feet from the carpet floor appears on the wall. Suffice to say, any reality show that stars a richer society girl who tweets pictures from the set of the show's Christmas special in September generally isn't suited for my particular viewing needs. Please try to ignore any blood-boiling noises you hear in the background of this review. So then, Celebrity Baby Salon. This free game gets itself off to a fly with three full-screen adverts for other free games followed by a recommendation that if we purchase the full version we can dismiss any interruption from these adverts. <laughs> what a lovely idea. What a lovely game this is already. <clears throat> you then have to select your favourite celebrity baby from a rotating wheel of shallowness. And by celebrity baby I mean this. An adult version of that celebrity morphed into the shape of a baby. Yep, they look creepier than a middle-aged single man at primary school gate. You can select pint-sized versions of Rihanna, Justin Bieber and Lady Gaga. For those willing to pay for the privilege, and I suspect there's probably not a lot of you that will, you could also select a Bayern version of Avril Lavigne and um, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson? Now ignoring all the salty allegations about him that make his choice to be a celebrity baby seem a little awkward. The guy's been dead for a few years, too. I can't quite put my finger on why that's so creepy, but having a deceased celebrity morphed into the shape of a baby conjures up images of demons possessing children, a bit like Vigo the Carpathian in Ghostbusters 2. The whole thing just makes my skin that little bit more itchy than it previously was. Now to the game itself. Game is a, a very loose word. Basically, you're babysitting these freaks while their parents are off probably finding out different ways they can kill them with fire. First you have to wake up baby Bieber by tickling a feather under his nose, and that's the first level. Yep. The next level has you in charge of a sports car as you swerve down a straight road, running over petrol cans. I'm sure this is probably recommended to all parents in antenatal class. Why you're speeding to get to a cake shop, which is the next level, isn't immediately clear, but I do know that this may be the worst interpretation of a driving minigame that I've ever, ever played. Once at the cake shop, you have to stuff your baby full of as much confectionery as you like, as as soon as you take one of the cakes and throw it down his gullet, another one magically appears. And you can do this as long as you like. You could literally play this all day and just feed him cakes every two minutes. He won't get fatter, he's a celebrity, they don't get fat. And what does the little tigwash this unhealthy feast down with? Breast milk? Formula? Squash? No, 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 he's prematurely on solids anyway. Let's go the whole bloody baby pee hog and give him a nice boiling hot pot of tea too. Now we're off to go to the eponymous salon. Oh, it's going to be such fun. Yes, it's time to dress baby Gaga up like a little crack whore, applying makeup, low-cut tops, and a miniskirt. Stop and think about how disgusting that image is. A baby 
in a miniskirt. And as soon as we're done dressing our little charge into a pay-as-you-go handjob machine, we get treated to a cutscene where the baby celebrity appears out of a car at a red carpet bash and waves at the gathered throng of paparazzi. Every second of this game makes another section of my brain shut down out of depressed shock. So hopefully, I will still have the power of boots but the time is still over. Now it's bath time, and it's time to clean off all that grime of the pampered little kitty wink after its day down to pit. Yes, the baby looks completely filthy for some unexplained reason. Maybe there was an unseen terrorist attack at this gala red carpet affair. My favourite part of this section is the sound effect of the application of soap to the sprog, which appears to have been made by someone shaking their cheek. You know that noise, that... Which uh, kind of also sounds like someone... Oh, God. Then it's off to bed for our sweet baby nothing, where the game apparently freezes, leaving you staring endlessly at a baby you've dressed like an adult. Just sleeping. Just staring. Sleeping and staring. Staring and sleeping. You look so peaceful. This game is the equivalent of watching every Made in Chelsea episode back to back in the searing heat of a recently burned down orphanage surrounded by the charred remains of dead abandoned children. This definitely gets zero smudge thumb marks out of five. God, that was awful. Just a couple of other factoids, David. Um, I <laughs> oh, it's all gone so, very Steve right in the afternoon there. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> um, I don't know whether you saw this. It's not really geek news. It's more, um, more a little bit of jokey milking it news. But um, the Ooh. gobbledygooker, David, yes, um, had a six-part web show recently on YouTube. It was called The Gobbledygooker Goes to Work. I thought it was hilarious. And I, I highly recommend just checking out for shits and giggles. Um, especially since we are at the, uh, or have just finished the season of the Survivor Series. Yeah, um, I know. And I, we briefly spoke about this earlier, but um, it is without a doubt the first time in 20 years that I have not watched one of the big four pay-per-views just because everything I read about it afterwards, I listened to a couple of podcasts reviewing it and just came away from it thinking, do you know what? I'm not going to waste my time downloading slash watching it legally um survivor series came and went and i did not care this year and that's that's quite a worrying thing for one of their major pay-per-views i think i i I didn't even realize they that it had been and gone i mean i'm really out of the loop with the current products um that's probably because uh, it's not very good I agree. I completely agree. There was nothing about this show that made me want to watch, made me want to try and even get it for free in a way that... What's the main? Randy Orton versus Big Show, yeah? Uh, yes, yeah. Randy Orton went over the Big Show in the main event. And, you know, the only match that probably would have kept a little bit of my interest was CM Punk, Daniel Bryan versus the Wyatt family. But even that wasn't enough to make me think, you know what, I, I really need to get on board with this because... They had a couple of traditional Survivor Series matches. The Shield were involved. Cody Rhodes and Goldust and all those kind of people. There was a, 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 
correct me if I'm wrong, and to be fair, you probably won't know this because if you if you've not been watching the uh, the actual product. So on on the Monday Night Raw before the Survivor Series, Biggie Langston defeated Curtis Axel for the Intercontinental Championship. Right. On the Sunday night, they had a rematch, and Biggie Langston defeated Curtis Axel. What was the fucking point of that? Precisely. So you've just you've spunked your IC match all over free television, <laughs> and then you have some random match rematch on the actual show, and it literally lasted five minutes. And I just uh, so oh. that Curtis Axel's push is well and truly over. I think, yeah, completely. I mean, they've mentioned some stuff about because obviously he was with Paul Heyman and he was the Paul Heyman guy, and then they made some sort of flippant remark during the match that, oh yeah, well he's said goodbye to Paul Heyman because he was just using Paul Heyman and this that and the other, and it's like, okay, well that's just completely signalled that you've killed Curtis Axel's push. You know, I, I feel sorry for the guy because you know he's a talented wrestler, but he's not his dad, and. Unfortunately, he'll always be judged against his grandfather and his father, and he is in no way in their league at all. I mean, how many third-generation superstars, second-generation superstars have lived up to their to their namesake? Not many. No, it's probably only sort of Randy Orton, The Rock. That that's pretty much all that comes to mind because, straight away. Yeah, think Ric Flair, David Flair, Bruno San Martino, David San Martino. Wait, there's there's definitely a. <laughs> There's a what, thing about, what are you trying to say about David? David. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, but in, yeah, the product is very disappointing at the moment. There's nothing keeping me watching. Um, there's been no recent signings of interest. Mm. Um, there's just nothing, nothing that's going. Did I hear Rey Mysterio came back and he's already out? He he came back. Uh, he worked a, a match on Raw, uh, which was very sort of limited in what he was doing uh he's obviously clearly not 100 percent. you could tell when he was running the ropes that he wasn't 100 percent. um he was in the six-man tag um sorry survivor series elimination traditional match traditional uh, elimination six yeah, yeah, yeah um at the survivor series traditional again didn't really work that much in the match he did one or two bits but um he just kind of uh, just worked the the basics on that one. Um, as far as I know, he wasn't on Raw this week. I've seen Raw. I don't remember seeing him on there. Um, I think it is very much a kind of well, we're not quite sure how to either how to use him or whether he's actually ready to come back full time. The the interesting one though was, and I'm, again, you probably won't know this because you, you haven't been watching. Was was Sin Cara? Did you hear about Sin Cara? Oh my God, not again. Okay, so Sin Cara. His contract, <laughs> his contract is up in February. Apparently, they're not going to re-sign him, are they? Well, no. Not only are they probably not going to re-sign him, they've sent out Camacho under the mask with a massive shoulder tattoo, so everyone in the arena and everyone at home would be quite obvious that this is not the original Sin Cara. So, not only is he getting ready to get to that point where they go, mm, yeah, all the best with your future endeavors, but they've just sent someone out else out to do your gimmick on national tv international tv all the same flip did everything not quite as well because he's a little bit heavier but he's yeah just absolutely a kick in the face for sincara and the fact is if he goes back to mexico 
I, as far as I know, because he was, it was it Mr. Oh, I can't even remember the name. Mystico. Mystico. There we go. Um, that name is owned by a different company in Mexico. So if he goes back to Mexico, he can't wrestle as Sin Cara or Mystico. So he's pretty much fucked unless he goes over to AAA with Conan or someone like that. But Mysticara. There we go. Perfect. Sold. <laughs> Let's book yeah, it. Yeah, but I've just come up with that. He's on next week's show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that was uh, that was me talk, uh, chit-chatting about the Survivor Series, um, just because that was a little bit of uh, uh, news that came this week. But yeah, just a very disappointing show, and their their pay-per-view buy rates at the moment are just in the toilet. And I'm, I'm not surprised if that's the kind of show that they're putting on. Say they were expecting very low buy rates for Survivor Series anyway. That news I did read. Yeah, apparently so, but then they're in this situation where they're going into next year they've announced that they're going to be doing the wwe network and that's finally going to launch in sort of february next year surely you'd only start thinking about doing a network if it was the hottest time for your product you know you, you don't want to be going into a 24 7 thing saying um yeah well obviously we expect buy rates to be down because you know christmas isn't a great time for uh, wrestling traditionally and blah 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 it's like no that's that's bullshit there's so this network what is it? it's going to be like 24 hour episodes of raw smackdown xfl and the b and oh, what was the bodybuilding one bdf something like that wbf was that was in the ico pro ah see we managed to correct that before Jay had to. Um, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, the ISO Pro and Lex Luger at WrestleMania 8 and all that kind of bullshit. But uh, yeah, so that was Survivor Series. Wrestling, very disappointing this week. Um, the only good thing about this week was uh, with wrestling was that the uh, as much discussed uh, between ourselves and uh, Andrew Carter um, was the WWE 2K14 DLC, which... Um, we got the second lot this week, which was a load of uh, creator wrestler moves, which should have been in the game in the first place. Uh, but also the amazing Biggie Langston and Fandango. Yes, if you've ever wished to play as two jobbers from NXT, now's your chance. And it's only fifteen ninety nine for the season pass. So uh, enjoy that, kids. So that was geek news for this week. And uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, let us continue. What else has been happening in the world, Booley? Well, Dave, uh, past geek news, there was, uh, as, as everybody knows on the Milk It podcast, I'm a huge fan of animated shows, as previously mentioned on, on a fair few of the Milk It podcast. And um, I, I couldn't let um, this go by without mentioning it. Um, for those in the know... It was a very sad episode of Family Guy. Uh, for those that don't know um, and don't like spoilers, um, I'd fast forward this bit a little bit because uh, we're going to be talking very briefly about the death of Brian Griffin um, on last week's Family Guy. Um, very sad. Um, I know that you haven't seen it yet, Dave. I know you. I know it's something you're lined up to see, um, but it really was shocking. Um, it, the whole sequence was done in about four minutes, and I mean, they didn't give you time to breathe. It was as sudden as it would have been in real life. Um, I don't think it's going to be a permanent death, but um, it was it was a shock, and mm. the episode was actually very touching. And um, I mean, not as devastating as when Fry's dog died, but um, it was yeah, it was um, it was sad to see. I highly recommend you guys check it out. As I said, I don't know if it's a permanent thing. And a little birdie 
has told me that um, future episodes of Family Guy this season uh, have the name Brian in some of the titles of the episodes. Oh, so, really? So it might not be a permanent thing. Uh, that that may that may be a curveball they're throwing for fans. Um, I don't know yet, but um, highly recommend you guys check out the, uh, the the new series of Family Guy, specifically the last episode that was shown. Um, just a real heartbreaker, but um, we're very interested to see what they do with the rest of the series now. So um, that was just a little bit of information about the death of Brian Griffin. Uh, Dave, you're a Family Guy. I mean, I know you enjoy Family Guy, but um, I mean, do you think animated shows should do storylines like this, or do you think it should be left to the realm of the fun? I think it's uh, it's one of those things where. Um, because Family Guy for me is it's a sitcom. It doesn't matter whether it's animated or it's not, you know, live action or whatever. It, it is a sitcom. Um, the danger with introducing pathos into a sitcom is that it becomes a drama. Um, I don't think that's what they were trying to do. I think it was very much from. I haven't seen the episode, and I do. I've, I've got it downloaded. I will sit down and watch it tonight, especially after your, your recommendation of it. Um, I think the danger when you introduce pathos and it becomes a drama is that it then becomes harder for them to continue doing the same old shit. But I, I think they will continue to do the comedy stuff. I think it is from everything I'm reading. It is just a temporary thing. It got some headlines. It got people watching. It got people interested in it. So for me, you know, family guy, I, I can take it or leave it, but whenever I watch it, I, I do really enjoy it. Um, I, I can't see them keeping him dead. He's such a massive character and such a huge part of the, the, the show. No, I mean, it, 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 they have been saying for a while that they were going to kill off. I mean, they do this in animated shows, most famously with The Simpsons, with Ned hmm. Flanders' wife and a couple of other characters. But, um, you know, and they do always say, like, we're going to kill a character off. And they did say um, when they announced this new series that a, a, a member of the Griffin family was going to die. My automatic assumption was that it would be was Meg. Meg, yeah. Because Myla Kunis is doing bigger things in Hollywood now. Not because of the character of Meg. I know she's the one everyone picks on. But in terms of actors and actresses, Myla Kunis is on the up and up. I mean, she's getting mm. better and better film roles. So I just presumed that that would be that. Um, I never imagined it would be a character that Seth actually voices. So, um, Which, again, is is the reason why I don't quite understand why they would do it because you know like you say Ned Flanders wife that was because the actress who played her couldn't commit to doing the rest of the series and it was was a real pain in the ass for her to travel to do the voicing and everything else so there's always been those other reasons behind those characters disappearing so I I just think it's a bit of a publicity stunt and like you say I'd be very surprised if he's not back within a couple of episodes um, just quickly the replacement for Brian um is a dog called Vinny who's voiced by uh, I can't remember his name. He was in the uh, Sopranos. He was, the, he was in the Sopranos. Hmm. Uh, um, cool character. And um, if Brian is brought back, I'd quite like to see Vinny kept uh, to some degree. Maybe if he lives with Cleveland's family, I know they're back from their series, which was cancelled, and they're moving back to Cohog. So um, I mean, I it's it's funny because Seth and Fallen him said said no series should go past season seven. And they're now on season 12. So, uh, <laughs> and it's just getting more and more interesting. So um, I've I got high hopes for the for the new episodes of Family Guy. And um, just quickly while we're on animated shows, mm-hmm. um, mixed feelings about the finale of the South Park uh, Bracker Friday special. 
Um, ah, okay. Again, the one that I've got downloaded to watch, so I, I, uh, I look yeah, forward to seeing it. You've lined up to watch it legally on the internet. Mm, of course. Uh, but yes, um, I've only watched bits of the finale, uh, a fitting finale, um, but not as good as the some parts of the other two before it. Right. But, um, again, good job, South Park, always on the ball. <laughs> and a good little joke about the uh, the game being held back, Stick of Truth. Cannot wait for that. Um, well, I'm really hoping Stick of Truth will get released on the PS4 or the Xbox One, which brings us neatly. <laughs> <laughs> it brings yeah. us neatly to the news that uh, that I, despite in the last episode saying he liked you, <laughs> saying that I'd cancelled my pre-order, which I had legitimately cancelled my pre-order for an Xbox One. I wasn't interested, and blah blah blah. Uh, yes, uh, some bizarre thing took hold of me, and uh, I ended up getting an Xbox One on launch day. So I got my. Uh, Fabulous day one edition with my exclusive achievement, which unlocked dick all as far as my gamer score was concerned, but has given me a zero achievement, which is something you always want if you're that, into that. That's what you get, is it? That was, that was pretty much it, yeah. The, the controller has day one written on it, and uh, and you get an achievement unlocked, which uh, doesn't actually add to your gamer score, which was uh, a bit of a pain in the arse if you're into the sort of digital dick waving like I am. Uh, but yeah, so far so good. Yeah, really impressed with it. Very uh, solid machine. Um, not had any of the problems that anyone's been reporting online. My my disk drive is fine. It plays Blu-rays. <laughs> No, absolutely not. It, it's it, it's really good. It's integrated really well in terms of the Connect. The Connect is a lot more responsive this time round. Um, the games on it uh, so far, I've played Dead Rising, which uh, it looks pretty much identical to the 360 version. So it's, it doesn't exactly showcase the, what, uh, the 360 Dead Rising Two. Yes, yeah, it doesn't really go crazy and and show off uh, oh. the the amazing visuals. It only runs in the 720 or whatever it is. Uh, yeah. uh, I've got some news for you. All of your games run in 720. Do you know what? You don't, you don't care. I, I know don't you care. don't. It's because fine. I know you. I know you don't care. But um, this is one of the main reasons um, that I am going to stick with PS4 if I do get a next-gen console. Right. And it's because um, I like my visuals to be... I like my, my visuals to be as striking as possible. I a few weeks ago, we were talking about Fallout 3. Yes. One yeah. of our beloved games. Mm. Um when I initially bought um, Fallout 3, it was for the PS3, and the visuals were awful. Um, and it's one of the first games that I've actually gone, traded in one version of the game to get another version of the same game. I got the 360 version, and for some reason, the grab I mean, not for some reason, they were designed to be better on the 360. Well, now the PS4 is the more powerful, you know, graphics, and um, mm. I want Fallout 4 is coming eventually, and I want it to look absolutely as good as you know as 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 beautiful as it can be and um that's why i'm sticking with ps4 not to disparage your lovely ps1 the x sorry the xbox one the xbox one looks a more from your conversation with me and the milksters uh on episode 10 hmm. about the about your experiences with xbox one you you sold a few xbox ones that day Dave. <laughs> that's my job um no i i, I just for me, the PS3 has never been my my thing of choice. I've always been an Xbox gamer. Very very excited to play. I managed to get Forza come through today, so I'm lo- I'm really looking forward to tonight sitting down and, and having a proper bash at that because that is a beautiful looking game. Um, as much as I'm not a, a massive racing fan or anything, but I uh, think it'd be interesting to to give it a go. But Rise as well, Solar of Rome, not getting great reviews, but so far so good to me. It's got a very that, good it, Rise Son of Rome does appeal to me because. 
you know, as mentioned on previous Milkit podcast, I did mm. have a lot with my Connect. I did enjoy when I had it. There was a game, there was a catapult game, which was really good. Mm. Um, and of course, the air band game, which I mentioned previously, which had <laughs> yes. uh, four wrestlers playing air guitar and drum and like, 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 like idiots. But um, like, there is a lot that appeals to me about the Xbox One. But at the moment, uh, money-wise and just in terms of content-wise, at the moment, the PS4 is the way to go for me. But believe me, I'm not getting one until uh, next year at the earliest anyway. Only because um, for Christmas this year, I want a Nintendo 3DS with the new Zelda, a link, ah. to, a link between worlds. So I think um, I, it's going to be about £250 cheaper than buying myself a PS4. So um, Yeah, absolutely. And that, you know, yeah. that, that's the thing is that yeah, people that that want it will get it and people that don't they'll wait and see what happens across the next sort of sort of 12 18 months really and see what sort of games are coming out for it but uh, so far so good I'm, I'm a big fan of it and uh, yeah i look forward to uh, when, when you make your way here sir for our uh, our year our review of the year you're, that we've been talking about for full dave we're in the same room remember oh yes okay hold well. on high five. Oh shit so one of the things that happened uh, this week, and hopefully the, you all tuned in and watched it, uh, it was mentioned by Jay on the uh, the uh, Facebook page. Um, that's facebook.co.uk forward slash milk Yep, 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 all that. Yep, yep. Um, was the, uh, the absolutely brilliant documentary that was on uh, Channel 4. Uh, Charlie Brooker presenting uh, the uh, the video, How Video Games Changed the World, which uh, was quite an austatious title, but... Uh, definitely lived up to it incredibly interesting uh sat there watching it with someone who really not a gamer really not into playing games not into geek culture at all what the hell he was doing around my house i'm not sure but um yeah he he was absolutely excited by it he to the point where he wanted to play the legend of zelda he wanted to play the various other games that were mentioned across it but really really interesting um charlie brooker's stuff i've always been a big fan of very obviously a, a, a keen gamer himself and uh, started uh, his career writing for games magazines and doing reviews and stuff and just really nailed it on the head did you get a chance to see it boo or Dave, i haven't watched it i have been told by yourself and mr j uh that i need to watch this as soon as possible he's lined up on my is it channel four on demand it's on the on-demand. It's also on YouTube, so I will definitely put a link onto the the, the Facebook page tonight well, for people I to don't have to look because if you check out our Facebook group, that's facebook.com forward slash milkinit, you'll get the <laughs> link on YouTube to the Charlie Brooker Show. Looking forward to it. Um, as I said, you and Bio both recommended it. This isn't the first time he's done stuff on video games. There was Game Wipes, remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, which, yes, again, absolutely. pretty good. And... Um, Oh, the guy that presents uh, Mock the Week, uh, Dara Brown. Green, he's a huge gamer, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he did. He, you know, he was talking about that. Very knowledgeable about games. Um, they, no, I'm I'm glad that some of our more mainstream intellectual comedians are standing up for video games. Um, just while we're talking about videos, briefly, um, there was a. Uh, see if I can get my facts right on this without the internet. Um, there was a, a group of gamers and they did a, a food drive um, and they, uh, for the, uh, I believe it was the Philippines disaster. Yes, this was the George Takai photo. Yes, thank you. No, yes, I'm on yeah. that. Excellent. 
Right. Um, they raised, I think it was, was it four thousand pounds of food in weight, not not British money. It was an amazing initiative a, that they did. Yeah, it was a huge amount, and they raised a lot of money, and um, none of the news networks would pick it up because they didn't want to show gamers in a positive light, which I think is a real shame because gamers have a real camaraderie. As in all forms of geek culture, there's a lot of camaraderie. Hmm. Gamers, especially, um, I find as a, as a, as a, as preliminary, I'm, an, I'm mainly a gamer, and I just want to say congratulations to those guys, guys and girls that that put all of their effort into into helping others through video games. Um, shame on the media that wouldn't show it just because that these were game fans that raised the money. They weren't, you know, your typical X Factor fucking America's Got Talent, whatever you want to call it, people. So media, fuck you. Video gamers, congratulations! Thank you for coming together and showing the good side of uh, good side of gaming. And um, I really hope that that story reaches more people. Mm-hmm. And um, and of course, if you guys want to donate anything to the uh, to the Philippines disaster, there are various websites you can do it. Follow in the footsteps of the of your fellow gamers and give generously. Hey kids, remember that pink little squishy thing inside the big guy-type robot thing in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, this, this week, is Krang, and he's... Here's this week's backstory bollocks. It's about Krang from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon from the 80s and 90s. You would think that a being made entirely of brain matter would have evolved into using its intelligence. But you were wrong, so stay behind after school, you little bastard. Krang, a former resident of Dimension X, is as much of a shitwit as his cohorts in the nefarious Foot Clan. But didn't he make the Technodrome? Nope, he nicked that monocular fat tank off of the rock soldiers, according to the canon. What about the robotic suit? No, 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 no. No. Shredder made that for him. I'm not quite sure what qualified Shredder to make an advanced cyborg housing for his skull-bone-challenged co-conspirator. I suspect it was casual racism on the part of the American writers. He's Japanese, ain't he? They know about electronics and shit. Still, Shredder's questionable technical expertise may explain how Krang's robot ended up looking like the sort of special needs person that tabloids always describe in their news pieces as a gentle giant. But yes, Krang was pretty fucking useless. But maybe he wasn't. He just wasn't cut out, maybe, for the evil tyrant business. I know, for instance, he never stood to be leader of the Conservative Party. Maybe he should have applied himself in different ways. And maybe that's exactly what he did. And after that torturously long intro, maybe that's what we are going to chew the damn fat about today. After growing increasingly tired of being continually thwarted by a bunch of nude adolescents armed only with ancient decorative weapons that are ten a penny in any councillor's state house these days, Crane decided enough was enough and retired to the Cotswolds. His Dimension X state pension, however, didn't exactly make ends meet, so he had to tighten his belt. Well, 
is metaphorical belt as brains don't have much call for trousers. At least not nowadays, oh no. <laughs> Crane was forced to sell nearly all of his possessions. Bebop was quietly sold to the local butchers. The Technodrome was purchased by the BBC and ended up starring as the lead character in popular primetime sitcom Miranda. Crang even had to sell off his mobility armour. It is believed that the suit eventually showed up as a scarecrow in the Doctor Who merchandise section of the St Albans branch of Toys R Us in a highly successful ploy to deter Down Syndrome shoplifters. For a few years it got desperate. The Uzi secreted from his floor-bound synapses, which you may remember from the cartoon, was regularly harvested and used for a variety of demeaning different purposes, including the jelly and pork pies, lubricant in pornography anal sex scenes, which we've all seen, and Alec Baldwin's hair gel. But what of Crane now? Relax. He is so rich these days, he owns three hovercrafts and Hollywood starlet cat dennings. After numerous hardships, Crang wrote a series of highly successful novels about other living internal organs, the most successful of all being Hot Hernia, a Booker Prize-winning romance about an heiress falling in love with the thyractic diaphragm from the wrong side of the tracks. See, sometimes a living tyrannical disembodied brain just needs a career change, a lesson for all you other living tyrannical disembodied brains out there. And that's it, you need to get the fuck out because I'm tired, bye. So that was the Milking It podcast, episode 11. We got there in the end and wasn't it worth it? Uh, We've had a bit of a chit chat and I know it's a little bit shorter than it would normally be. Uh, Next week, normal service shall be resumed as we launch forward to episode 12. Yes, that's right. Finally, you'll have 12 episodes so you can listen to one an hour for a whole half a day. Or you could listen to one a day. In the run-up to the 12 days of Christmas. Ah, there we go. It's almost Christmas. Can you imagine? We're almost at Christmas. Uh, so, yeah, next week might be a little bit more Christmassy themed I would have thought. And we'll have some, uh, obviously, some more geek news. We'll uh, be reviewing what's been happening in the world of the geek. And uh, just generally tugging that teat until it explodes all over your face. I was David Davis. And as always, I was Boulamont. And join us, uh, hopefully next week, for more geek fun in the Milking It podcast. You wanna milk it and you know You gotta milk it and you know I was gonna sing it, Dave. I was like, baby, 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 baby. <laughs> that's the end. Baby, 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 baby. That's, that's the Easter egg ending right there. No! <laughs> <laughs>